solo mente. You are Locked On Texans, your daily Houston Texans podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. We are back, ladies and gentlemen, with this Tuesday installment of Locked On Texans, the daily podcast covering the Houston Texans every single day here on the Locked On Podcast Network. And as always, I'm your host, Texans reporter for ESPN Houston and USA Today Texans Wire, Cody Davis. Please remember to follow me on Twitter at Cody Davis underscore 24, along with my partner. I'm literally just some sports guy. Cody gave you guys all of his titles. USA Today, uh, ESPN <laughs> Houston, all of the credentials, not 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 to mention that he does work with the two and two Houston Sabercats, the rugby team here in Houston. Uh, also, the Rockets, he gave you everything. I'm just some sports guy. Follow me on Twitter at some sports guy. Welcome back to Locked On Texans, your daily Texas talking news podcast, a part of the Locked On Podcast Network. I'm happy to be back with you guys today for this Tuesday edition of Locked On Texans have a couple of things to run down. Today, we're going to look at the first step of Houston moving along from Deshaun Watson in the sense draft prospect. We're still talking about with the importance of the draft in a couple of weeks. We're still discussing players or prospects that the Houston Texans, at least we believe, should be looking at in this draft that, you know, can get them to uh, just a different height. And I, and I think right now Houston is at ground zero when you look at a new uh, overhaul of new guys, new general manager, new head coach, new position coaches, new new guys in the scouting department. So they're really starting from ground zero. Very important that they bring in players that they believe in throughout the next six years of Nick Asirio's uh, Houston Texans career, which leads us to Justin Reed, whether or not uh, Houston should bring him back or will they find a replacement for Reed for the next year? He is entering the following, I'm sorry, he is entering the last year of his rookie contract. But before we get to that, I want to give you guys a quick update on the Deshaun Watson legal situation. All 22 civil lawsuits filed against Houston Texans quarterback Deshaun Watson have been consolidated, and they are now for the pre-trial discovery. We'll go in front of a judge. With the cases now being consolidated, Busby will likely have to release the names of all of Watson's accusers before I move forward. I think this will help the case of Deshaun Watson and Rusty Harden. Uh, if they have to release the names, which is going to happen, then you will see accusers drop out. And I'm not saying that they're doing it for any reason. I'm just saying Logically, I'm expecting to see that number of 22 go down halfway at least. Watson's attorney, Rusty Harden, admitted during a news conference Friday that there may have been consensual relations between Watson and some other therapists, but Watson did not force any woman to do anything they didn't want to do. The Texans are removing Deshaun Watson from the Texans in-house promo video in the midst of Watson's legal issues. And the Texans are taking their first steps of social distancing, in a sense, themselves from Deshaun. I think I saw the water boy in that promo video. I think I think there was a slow-mo for a split second of the water guy running 
to the huddle and, and it was exciting, but um, no Deshaun Watson in the in-house promo video gave you guys the update of what's going on with his legal situation. And I think the discussion needs to be had. You know, yesterday we talked about Philadelphia being interested in Deshaun Watson or any team for that matter, right, Cody? Listeners, and my statements were, if any team trades for Deshaun Watson, they're fool. And I also went on to say that either Deshaun Watson plays for Houston this year or he doesn't play at all. With this, it's very small. It's the right thing to do because at this time, he doesn't want to be a Texan. Remember that? Like, okay, you don't want to be here, so let's get you out of our promotion video. And he also has things outside of football going on. Smart move for Houston. And nobody should, you know, be upset at Houston for doing this. That was a correct thing. However, the question that I believe needs to be asked is, is Houston going to continue distancing themselves once all of this is resolved? Uh, whether good or bad. And yesterday I made a, I made a statement that I need to correct myself on. Deshaun Watson and Rusty Harden are not looking to settle. Uh, so I'm correcting myself, but whichever way the wind blows, this case can go, depending on evidence, which we still don't have. But will Houston really move on from Watson? Um, with the first step being getting him out of that promo video. Uh, you guys can answer that yourself. I, I think they will still do their due diligence once everything comes out because ultimately this is still the NFL. Yes, John, to answer your question, I do believe the Texans are going to continue distancing themselves from Deshaun Watson even when all of this is over. And you hit the nail right on the coffin because not only do you have to take into consideration how serious this is and even a little bit embarrassing this is for the Houston Texans, but they are dealing with a guy who does not want to be a member of their organization. You know, it would have been a little bit different if he would have never demanded a trade. And then, you know, you started hearing these allegations about what he did or possibly did or did not do to these massage therapists and watching that promo video and not seeing him because I, I seen that, of course, we all seen that promo video. And I believe prior to, what they debuted on Sunday night. And I believe that is the in-house promo that airs every Sunday on Texans 360. They showed Deshaun Watson at least four or five times in that promo. And to not see him is just another reminder that the Deshaun Watson era is over. Uh, and I'm only saying that because I see a couple people, including myself, you know, we all thought, well, maybe this might be a way where he does in fact suit up for the houston texans once again but john and listeners i do believe in that promo video says it all whenever this is over they will find a trade partner for deshaun it's unfortunate because when they deal him whether it be this year or next i don't see them getting the haul that they would have gotten if they would have dealt him prior to these allegations or if these allegations had have never existed. Now, the thing is, we still don't know if Deshaun Watson is not going to play for Houston. By the way, the Cardinals earned the best transaction of the year for robbing the Texans for DeAndre Hopkins. But we don't know if, you, if, if Houston and Deshaun won't actually reconvene because he may be in a position where I got to go back and play for these guys. 
maybe but maybe. if if that is the case I, I i just don't see it because but how will they be received by the fans that's the that, question and that's a valid question because not only would would the texans have to consider the seriousness of these allegations but this is a guy who was acting like a prima donna prior to everything coming out demanding a trade telling everybody well apparently telling everybody that he wants no parts of the texans moving forward like i just mentioned it would have been different if he would have never demanded a trade to begin with oh man houston and Deshaun really found themselves in a bad position even more so of course Deshaun. like it and we don't and there's still things that's going on behind the scenes that we don't know or we won't know until some type of documentary or we may not never find out uh, and there's some things cody and i have discussed off record about this organization that we just cannot discuss but you know they are really at this point if if, if houston and deshaun was not already like if Houston didn't draft Deshaun, he was in another team, and this was going on, you could possibly say that they would be a match made in heaven. Just a lot of allegedly boneheaded mistakes, uh, head scratches, and everybody's wondering why the hell would you do this when you're in this situation? And look where you were ten to twelve months ago. But let's let's move on from that. Let's get to talking about the draft prospects that we have. Cody and I feel the need to address the wide receiver room. Of course, they brought in Dante Moncrief, Andre Roberts, Chris Conley. They still have Kiki QT under contract, Isaiah Kohler, who we, we're waiting to see. However, are we are we making money on Andre Roberts being the X factor for this wide receiver group? No, we're not making money that Chris Conley would be an X factor or Dante Moncrief. Out of the names that I just said, and of course, I didn't have to say Brandon Cooks because he is an X factor. Like he, he will be good in any offense. May not put up a thousand yards because of the quarterback situation this year, but he will be the number one target. But Kiki QT is the only receiver I believe will be an X factor of the guys that I just named. And I like Chris Conley. I just think he's coming to a situation where he still has uncertainty at quarterback, but Houston still should look for receivers. I don't think a lot of these guys make the roster. But we're going to move our conversation to discussing wide receivers in the 2021 draft. Before we do that, I want to tell you how you can make some extra money. And that's what Bet Online, the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. Football might be over, but the NBA, baseball, and hockey are all in full swing. Bet Online even covers award TV shows and reality TV with real time updated odds and props on almost anything you can imagine. BetOnline has you covered for all of the news, scores, and odds. It's the best way to place your bets, and it's free to sign up. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts. Don't forget to use promo code LOCKEDON. Today on the Locked On Today podcast, make sure you get more of the sports news you need in less time with the Locked On Today podcast. Follow the Locked On Today podcast on the Odyssey app or wherever you get podcasts. And continuing with this Tuesday installment of Locked On Texans, John and I are going to continue our NFL Draft Prospect Series with a look at the wide receiver core. Now, ladies and gentlemen, before moving on, I do want to mention that 
unless it is a very intriguing quarterback. I do not feel the Texans should use any of their eight draft picks on anything that has to do with the offensive side of the ball because I do believe you need I do believe the Texans need to make a lot of work on the defensive side of the ball. However, with that being said, you still have to study and take into consideration that this wide receiver core is not as strong as it once was. And with that being said, it's time to take a look at a couple wide receiver prospects that we would like the Texans to target if they do in fact draft a receiver and the receiver that I would like to see the Texans go after and who should be on their draft board is Marquez Stevenson from the University of Houston this is a guy who spent four years with the Houston Krugers who recorded 1,962 yards on 127 receptions and 18 touchdowns and he was also used as a kick returner who recorded 744 yards on 30 attempts and two touchdowns now part of the reason why I would like to see the Texans take a chance on Stevenson is because he seems like someone who's going to be a part of the Texans plans moving forward because first and foremost when you take a look at this receiving core outside of Kiki QT there is not no other receiver you can honestly say is still going to be a part of the Houston Texans plan moving forward let's say starting with the 2023 season First and foremost, you take a look at Randall Cobb. I'm pretty sure if it wasn't for A, his contract, and B, the fact that he had a season-ending toe injury, Nick Asirio would have found a trade partner for him this offseason. However, the Texans are going to be in a position where they're going to have to be stuck with him at least for this season. And the same can be said for Brandon Cooks. Now, I understand that Brandon Cooks is the Texans' primary number one receiver right now, but once again you look at his age i do not believe he's going to be a part of the texans plans moving forward and when you take a look at the texans receiving core in this totality the only receiver i can say would be a part of the texans plan moving forward is kiki qt and that only depends if he could sustain the level of play that he showcased the last what was it four or five games of the regular season then you also got to take into consideration that we don't know if that was the talent of QT or the talent of Deshaun Watson that made him that good to close out the 2020 season but by far the best skill set of Stevenson is his speed this guy is hella fast during his pro day at the University of Houston on Friday he ran a 4.45 and this is someone that the Texans can not only put as and this is someone that the Texans can possibly use as a kick returner moving forward and someone who can actually be a very valuable kick returner for the Texans. This is a team that has not had a kickoff return touchdown since Will Fuller during his rookie season in 2016. However, the only negative about the Texans, if they were to draft Stevenson, is his size. This is a guy who only stands somewhere between 5'10 and 5'11, which means the Texans will be adding another receiver who is small and relying on their speed in order to get past their opponents, other than having a receiver who stands 6'2 or taller who can use their physicality to get past their opponents. And this is part of the reason why I am very excited for the signing of Chris Conley because he is the only receiver that the Texans have who stands over six foot right now. Yeah, and that's why I'm going with Trey Nixon, wide receiver out of Central Florida. He's 6'2". Uh, pretty, pretty fast, very speedy, can take the top off of a defense. He started his career, collegiate career at Ole Miss, transferred over to Central 
uh, Michigan, started playing for them in 2018. First year, caught 40 catches for 562 yards. The next year, caught 49 catches, but for 830 yards. So he, he increased his catch total by nine and, and increased the yards by 300. And I like that. Um, seven touchdowns that year. That was his best year. Started this season off with a decent game against Georgia Tech before suffering a shoulder injury. But I like him for Houston because, A, he won't be a priority. Wide receiver, and we, we really don't know yet. You know, I can't wait to see the final breakdown of the draft and what they prioritize over others. But, you know, he's somebody that I believe Houston can get between the fifth and sixth round. Very late. May slip further than that to the seventh. But with being 6'2", with the speed, uh, his game is good for speed. He does have the ability to take the top off defenses and win downfield. Uh, his college success in that big year he had was predicated on downfield vertical pushing. And I like that because Brandon Cooks can be the player who can do a little bit of everything. He can, he can take a screen and take it for 20 yards. He can catch a slant and take it for 20 yards. He can, he can beat you off the top. Uh, we like Kiki QT. Now let's let's say this: we still don't know the plans for QT moving forward, right? He he may be in the same doghouse, just different owner. We don't know what's going what's going to happen with him. Uh, but I would like to see him get a full opportunity to play. I would like to see Isaiah Coldwell get a full opportunity to play. I like the fact that Houston, along with the rest of the league, will have a preseason this year, so you can do checks and balances before game one of the year. Right. And I think there was a problem last year, Cody, with the team. They, they didn't have a preseason and it was hard to get better because you really didn't know what you had out there. Those would be some of the problems that Houston can alleviate this year. But I like Trey Nixon from Central Florida with every increasing number of makes like Fiat, Kia and models like Pacifica and XT5. It is now impossible to stock all of your parts you need in a traditional chain storefront. Why endure often pointless or seemingly intimidated questioning and wait while the counterman orders the parts on his computer, choosing only the brand his warehouse happens to carry? Come on, guys, we can do better than that. You have computers with access to rockauto.com at your home and in your pocket. One reason to repair and maintain your car is to save money that you can use for other important things like mortgage or food. Why would you choose to spend 30, 50, or even 100% more for the exact same auto parts at a chain store or new car dealership? For example, the Delphi FG1456 fuel pump assembly for a 2005 through 2010 Honda Odyssey costs 353 99 at advance, a big chain store, but it only costs 216.79 at rockauto.com. Chain stores have a different price tiering for professional mechanics and do-it-yourselfers. Rockauto.com prices are the same for everybody and are reliably low. Rockauto.com always offers the lowest prices available rather than the changing prices based on what the market will bear like airlines do. RockAuto.com is for everybody and it does not require a membership or account login. Go to RockAuto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck right locked on in their How Do You Hear About Us box so they know we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. RockAuto.com. 
April 19th through the 26th. Listen to the Ultimate Mock Draft 2021 featuring analysts from NFL experts Michael Irvin and Michael Lombardi. Our local experts from every team making trades, picking the next stars of their team. Subscribe to the Ultimate Mock Draft 2021 presented by the Locked On and Odyssey app on the new Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. Odyssey is your audio home for all of the sports, podcasts, music, and news that matters to you. That's Odyssey. And to close out this Tuesday installment of Locked On Texans, John and I want to discuss, could this be Justin Reed's final season as a member of the Houston Texans? And I wanted to bring that up because on yesterday when we did our NFL Draft Prospect Series and we broke down what... Tyreek Thompson could potentially bring to the Houston Texans. I mentioned how Justin Reed is a player who might not be in the Texans plans when you look at how they're going to rebuild this organization. And that is very important to consider because this is going to be a year where a lot of players, they might be stepping onto that field playing for themselves other than a team, because this is going to be more so of a showcase for a lot of these guys who's going to be suiting up for the Houston Texans moving forward. However, with that being said, you take a look at Justin Reed. I'm not too sure if Nick Casario believes in Reed enough to keep him around moving forward. First and foremost, Reed is coming into the final year of his contract. And as of right now, he is set to hit free agency in 2022 as an unrestricted free agent. Now, ladies and gentlemen, I do understand that it is still early. And if he goes out there and perform, Nick Casario can award Reed with a new contract. However, I'm not too sure if he's going to have the opportunity opportunity to go out there and showcase his potential because when you take a look at the moves that the Houston Texans have done they picked up Terrence Mitchell as a free agent and not only that you also got to consider the fact that Lonnie Johnson Jr. is a guy it seems like he's going to continue to be at safety however when taking a look at Terrence Mitchell if Justin Reed underperforms, I do see a situation where Mitchell starts to take majority of the snaps over Reed. And I say that because when you take a look at Reed's first three years in the NFL, Reed has been somewhat on a steady decline ever since his rookie season in 2018. And all you have to do is go back and take a look at his numbers and match that up with his performance as well. For example, let's just take a look at his interception numbers. In 2018, Reed recorded three Three interceptions which is still a career high in 2019 he recorded two interceptions and in 2020 he did not have one single interception to his name and his decline can even be shown when you take a look at the analytic approach as well according to pro football focus he ended his rookie season in 2018 with a grade of 75.2 overall and had a patch coverage grade of 74.7 in 2019 which is by far one of if not his best season of his career he had a overall grade of 76.7 and had a pass coverage grade of 79.3 this past season he ended the year with a overall grade of 60.7 and had a pass coverage grade of 67.2. Now I understand that Reed did end up missing, I believe, if I'm not mistaken, the final five games of the regular season because he went out with a hand injury. However, even if he still would have played those five remaining games, I don't think it would have made that much of a difference. Reed has been on a steady decline, and this past season is going to be very important for not just for him to keep his name in the rotation, but it's also going to be important to see if he's going to be a part of the Houston Texans plan moving forward. And since this is the last year of his rookie deal, I do expect for him to have a decent year. 
it's not the money now that's a concern. It's the money next year that would be cause for concern for Houston if they decide to bring him back. There's a couple of variables. One is how good uh, Will Reed be on the field. You mentioned he has had a slow decline since his rookie year. His rookie year, man, we, we thought we were getting uh, we, we thought we were getting his brother. And he, and he and he showed how good he was. Then the following two years, he just had the slow decline due to injuries that he's been battling. And I think overall, he was put in a compromising situation because they were not able to get after the quarterback. And teams were able to pass on them, especially last year. Um, I also think another variable will be the growth of Lonnie Johnson. Reed's market and if Houston is able to go and get a safety in the draft, that makes more sense to the new coaching staff and scout room. It's plain and simple. Like the coaching staff, the scout team, Nick Casario did not draft you. And with that being said, the future is in his hands right now. If you go out there and perform, like really perform, if you get to where you were your rookie year, you won't get market level money for a safety, but you'll still get a decent contract and you would prove to the new coaching staff, new regime here that you are the right guy for the job. Um, but I think he's easily expendable at this point. We have to wait and see what he does. I think we still have to wait and see what the newcomers as safety do, what Lonnie Johnson can do in his second year starting at safety. Thank God he's not going back to cornerback. Give this guy, this kid, some confidence in playing one position in the NFL. Everybody isn't going to be able to be a superstar playmaker like a Sean Taylor, a Ed Reed, a Troy Palomato, or in Alani Johnson's case, a Charles Woodson, who can play both positions and be a, a, a pro bowler, all pro at both positions. But there is some optimism for Johnson moving forward. Overall, for Reed, he has allowed it to get to this point me mentioning different variables that are going to uh, why he would be brought back to Houston or not, simply because of the injury history and his decline in play. And John, to your point, Justin Reed might be a product of the player that he's matched with in the secondary, because think about it. His best year was in 2018, his rookie season. And who was he starting alongside? Honey Badger. In 2019, Badger. he was starting alongside Tayshawn Gibson. Now, that's when Angelil Adai. Angelil Adai. For Houston. Did a lot of things, a lot of dirty things for Houston. And it really helped out that secondary. And in this past season, when Reed had his best games of the season, I believe he had a two, maybe a three-week stretch where it seems like he was starting to turn his season around. That was right after the Texans decided to switch Lonnie Johnson from corner to safety. That is something I'm really interested to see. How much better is he going to play this year? Because if he's on the field with either Johnson or Mitchell, we might get a better version of Reed this season versus what we had last season. I agree because we – Eric Murray cannot be our starting safety. Michael Thomas cannot be Houston's starting safety. More importantly, Houston has to make sure that they are creating pressure, getting after the quarterback. Because once you do that, everybody's job in this secondary is easy. Everybody's. And so – you know, for Houston, it's just really putting the best players out on the field, plain and simple. 
And, and that's how you build a, a ground up championship program. Whoever you have that, you know, the money doesn't matter. If this guy's outplaying the next guy, we got to put you on the field. And to your credit, to your point, we saw that with Lonnie Johnson. The Detroit Patriot Carolina stretch, I believe, is what we saw out of uh, Justin Reed. And during that stretch, when the switch was made, we we saw a different version because Lonnie Johnson was just better than Eric Murray. Lonnie Johnson was just better than any other safety starting along Justin Reed. And so uh, at this point for Houston, the contracts that you can't move along from, understand that you can't do it. It is what it is, right? And, and just put the best player out on the field. But I like the I like the two pairing. I like the pairing of the two with Lonnie Johnson and Justin Reed because you get two different style of play. Now it's just about putting them in the right position. And I think that's what we will get out of Levy Smith this year. I think that making things easier for Houston, uh, simplifying things, which is something that towards the end of the year, remember when Anthony Weaver was real pissed off because everybody was attacking him in his defense, rightfully so, they were that bad. He simplified things. And they, and they put on a three-week stretch where during that three-game stretch, Justin Reed had two sacks. You know, he was getting he was getting after the quarterback. He was making plays. Um, that's what they need to do for Houston. Until they are able to get a solidified playmaker at every level, then make things simple. Put your players in a position to succeed compared to what we've seen. I'm John Some Sports Guy Hickman. Thank you for checking out the show for today. Follow us on Twitter again at Locked On Texans and like us on Facebook. And as always, I'm your host, Cody Davis. Please remember to follow me on Twitter at Cody Davis underscore 24. Once again, that's Cody, C-O-T-Y, D-A-V-I-S underscore 24. Until next time, ladies and gentlemen, peace. You are locked on Texans, your daily podcast on the Houston Texans. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.